Mac Power Users, episode 409, Holiday Tech. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. How are you today, Katie? I'm great, David. I'm getting into the holiday season. I put up all my decorations this past weekend. I am ready to go. Yeah, we had a big crisis at our house last year. Someone stole some of our reindeer out of our front yard. Hmm. So I'm uh, I'm getting serious about it. I've now got them staked into the ground. These reindeer are secured. And I'm, I'm actually uh, some, some bit of tech. I think I've been looking at cameras. And since I'm already paying money to the folks over at, um, at Canary, you know, because I have the 30-day plan for Canary. I think I'm going to add a, a canary flex and just point it at my reindeer. It was reindeer security. Is is Santa not going to just add people to the naughty list if they steal your reindeers? I mean, doesn't that just kind of take care of itself? Uh, my my wife wanted to actually put bear traps in the yard, and I said taking their foot off would be an overreaction. But uh, but going and talking to their parents, it's got to be kids. But uh, anyway, uh, so uh, that is kind of on point though. Today we're here to talk about technology and the holidays. We've we've never done a show like this before, but uh, we started thinking about it. Both of us use a ton of tech to get through the holidays every year, and then talking to the to the listeners on Facebook and Twitter, uh, you all do as well. So we thought, why not do a show on that? Yeah, uh, because there is a lot of tech that goes into into the holidays. So we'll. I, I I started thinking about it as I was putting up my decorations this this past weekend about how much tech goes into holiday decorations now, and I threw it out at the the Facebook group and they had a lot of suggestions. So I, you know, we we kind of called an audible this week, David. We um we had another show planned. We're going to push that to next week, but we've got a lot of ideas about having tech in the holidays. Yes. Uh, before we get into it, though, I just wanted to kind of call out. Uh, I'm going to be in London on July on January eighth, uh, the evening of January eighth. Uh, me and Mike Hurley are going to be hanging out somewhere, and we're going to make it public. We're not sure yet where, but uh, if any uh, Mac Power users listeners want to do a meetup, we're going to have a semi informal meetup on January eighth, and I'll have more details for you on that in an upcoming show. And um, and just you know keep posted. But if you're interested, uh, save the date. All right. Well, where should we dig in with with holiday tech? Because there's there's so much to talk about. Um, I I was thinking maybe we could start kind of where my idea for this this show started, and it was yesterday as I was putting up all of my holiday decorations and streaming the lights around, and that's what first got me starting to think about this holiday tech show, and it really started with my smart lights. Yeah, I, or let's just in decorations in general. We already started there with my reindeer story. Um, you know, how are you incorporating Apple tech into your decorations? Um, so, David, we know that you are installing a reindeer security system. Yes, very important. Um, I, I have not quite gone that far, but um, what what I have done is I have started getting smarter about my, my tech that I'm putting up. You know, I, I used to go out and get on a ladder and take the better part of a day and string lights on my house. And um, that was hard enough as it was just on a regular house. But when I moved into this new house, it has really, really steep roofs. And I think I would have to get um, like a bucket truck or um, scaffolding or something. I, I, I personally would not even attempt to put lights on this particular house because I, I think I would be taking my life into my own hands. 
Yeah. So last year you had talked about this in the gift giving episode where you bought something that you stick in the driveway and it lights up your house. Yes. Um, The ones that I bought were, were pretty cheap. I'm looking for better ones, but they now make these laser lights. And so you can take these laser lights and stick them in your house, or you can get all kinds of decorations that, that are basically projectors that will project lights or project lasers onto your house. They're becoming much more popular. Um, I, I would tell you don't cheap out because a lot of the cheap ones are, are yeah, they're fine, but they're you get what you pay, you for. What you pay yeah. for. Um, but that is one thing that I've I've added to my to my holiday festivities. Are they as pretty as really nice strung lights? Mm, no, probably not. But they they do definitely give your house a festive look. And and I think the nicer ones, you know, do some things like patterns and they rotate and you have multicolored lights and and the, and those types of things where the ones I had last year were just kind of like green dots all over my house. So I'm I'm looking for for some better of those. Um but uh, I'm I'm still on the hunt for those. I actually use quite a bit of technology in decorating my house. The um yeah, I talked earlier the the camera thing, this is kind of a little bit of a side thing, but I just spent the money on it. So I'm thinking about it, the, uh, you know, cause we're going on a trip and I wanted to have some outdoor cameras and there's a lot cheaper solutions than the, than the Canary flex cameras. But because I'm already on the Canary system, you know, like I said, I'm pay, I pay them every year so I can have 30 days of saved video. If somebody breaks in my house, I'll see it. So I decided to add some of these flex cameras, but I'm, I'm going to incorporate those into the decorations in terms of keeping the neighborhood punks off my reindeer. But uh, that's not the only thing I'm doing. Uh, I, I have traditional lighting, but they're all LED at this point, and I go ahead and put them up myself and everything's great. Of course, we have a Mickey Mouse um, uh, lighting on the garage. How could we not? Um, but I control it all through, for the first time, HomeKit this year. Mm. Um the way I do it is there, there's one power cord that goes out a corner of the garage into the yard that kind of drives all the decorations. Uh, in the past, I had a, um, a light sensitive um, thing that you plugged in. So when it got dark, they turned on automatically and five hours or four hours later, they turned off automatically. But the problem was every time you pulled the car into the driveway, the headlights made the sensor think that it was daytime so the lights would turn off and then the, then the timer would start again. So if you came home at 11 PM, you just, you know, reset your lights for another four hours. And I just wanted to have a better system. So uh, I bought one of the iHome um, plugs. It, you know, it's just a plug is all it is. It goes to the wall in the garage and it's got a Bluetooth radio in it. They're cheap now. I, I got it off Amazon. They're now down to $20. They used to be a bit more than that. And uh, interesting is as I got out of the box, it needed a firmware upgrade, but it, everything went fine. Um, and the iHome, I'd never used an iHome product before, but this is the first one. So I, I went in, it plugged into my HomeKit system just fine. Now, if you're using iOS 11, HomeKit is a lot more automation friendly than it used to be. And I know it's not, you know, when Robert was on, he was talking about some of the crazy stuff he can do with the soft, the specialized software. But with HomeKit, it can do quite a bit. So I, I have it set so that switch turns on when it gets dark, you know, and it knows where I'm at and it knows when it gets dark where I live. So it, that works fine. And then I have a separate automation script that at 11 p.m. turns them off. So every night lights turn on whenever it gets dark and then they go off at 11 p.m. And it works really great. And I'm really happy with that. Um, Kind of uh, extending that. Uh, now, I guess you go next because I, I have to say my voice. I'm still recovering from this damn thing. Um, I think 20 bucks may have been like a sale price because a lot of these have gone on sale for uh, 
for Black Friday and for those types of things. It it looks like regularly these these iHome plugs are somewhere in the forty dollar realm or so because that's that's what it's coming up for now. Yeah, I, I got it for twenty. I don't know what the deal was. That was off Amazon. I've seen them go cheaper, but I, uh, I should have bought a few more. Yeah, it looks like a, the the HomeKit certified ones, um, particularly are are a little less expensive. But it looks like right now that iHome one's a little more. Now, the reason that that one is working for you specifically is because you've got the, the plug is actually in your garage and then you're running a, a cord, an extension cord out to your yard that is that is running the other stuff. Right. Yeah. Depending on how you've got your setup, that works well. And I, I did the same thing for, for years with a with a Wemo switch where I had the Wemo in the garage and then the extension cord that, that went out and then then did other things. Um, if, if you can't have the setup where the stuff is in the garage and it's covered and it's dry and those types of things, there are now a few manufacturers and iHome is one of them who are making outdoor friendly, um, plugs, you know, plugs that are a little more weather resistant and can get damp. I don't know if they can get full blown, you know, wet, but at least are, are designed to go outside. So that might be a good thing to add, um, you know, you know, to your, to your toolbox. If, if you're specifically using this for, um, for home stuff. I know the Wemo plugs went on sale for twenty dollars too for for Black Friday, but now a lot of them have have gone up in price. I, I would say this is a good case where you can set a um, uh, a camel 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 uh, rule. If you want to pick up a couple of these smart plugs and and see when they go on sale again, and then you know just pick up a few of them when the price drops. You know, for years Wemo has been promising that they were going to get HomeKit compatible. We even saw them tease a HomeKit accessory, but you know, right now, still nothing. Yeah, I, I kind of felt the same way about buying the Canaries because I, I'm already invested in Canary, but they have been promising HomeKit forever, and I have uh, very little faith they're actually going to do it. I mean, they're very silent on it. Occasionally they say, oh, yeah, we're going to do that, but they just really haven't been very open about it. Um, but I kind of came, when we did the show on home automation, I kind of came to the conclusion I don't have to have my whole camera system in home kit. It's not the end of the world if I have a separate app for that. And, um, and th this is just what works with, you know, the time I have. I will tell you that just while you're on the topic of cameras, I, I picked up a ring home security system or home, uh, a doorbell that, that, you know, it stays at my door. And the holiday time is a time when we have, we tend to have a lot of packages coming. I, I did almost all of my shopping online. I, I just was not braving the stores this year. And I have had a ton of packages delivered. And a couple of things that, that I did for the packages specifically is, is having the ring is nice because my UPS and my FedEx guys don't always ring when they drop packages. A lot of times they just drop and run and the ring will pick them up even if there's motion and will let me know if there's someone at the door, if there's been a package delivered. And then if someone comes up and swipes the package, I've, I've got them on video now. Yeah, you got a nice picture of them. Yeah. I, I don't know that the police are actually going to waste their time doing anything with that. But I think it makes a lot of people think twice if they come up to your camera or your, your house and you've got a, a security camera there. So so that's been huge for me. And, and I will tell you, I found that ring to be a nice deterrent sitting there at the front door. Um, the other thing that I did, and you can do this with a lot of different um, uh, delivery services, is both UPS, FedEx, and now the U.S. Postal Service. And I apologize I, for our international listeners. I, I don't know, but I'm sure there's similar services available for other companies will allow you to sign up for their delivery notification services that even if you don't have the tracking number, that it will notify you when you've got a package coming. So you can be on the lookout to say, oh, hey, I've got a, I've got a package coming. Yeah. Uh, and a related thing, I would say, if you, if nobody's home, 
and it's an important package, you can, with most of these services, uh, sign up for a hold where they will hold it at their facility for you. And then you can go pick it up. And I think that's a real good way to do that. Yeah. Sometimes that does actually incur a small fee, but again, it depends on the service. Well, I mean, if it's like if it's a Mac, you don't want to sit on your doorstep, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's we kind of got off topic. Let's let's get back to the lighting a little bit. One of I've got some. Oh, you got, go ahead. I was going to say one of the easiest ways just to add a little holiday decor is um, although I've switched to the Lutron Cassetta's switches inside my house, I still have hue bulbs on the outside of my house. And while most of my hue bulbs are, are white, I have switched to the color bulbs. I picked up a couple of those when they went on sale. And I've got the color bulbs outside specifically for the purpose that I can change their color on holidays. So on Halloween, they're they're orange and St. Patrick's Day, they're green. And I've got one red bulb and one uh, green bulb right now. You talked about the outdoor uh, iHome switches or the outdoor home kit switches. One thing on those, I bought one because in my backyard, I wanted to use it to control the lights that hang in my patio, but they draw too much current. Those things do have a limited amount of current that can run through them before their internal fuses pop. So uh, be aware of that if you get one. Um, one other thing I'm doing with holiday theming and the internet of things is I've got some Eve switches, home kit switches on a couple of the doors in my house. So when a door is open, that's an event in HomeKit, and I use HomeKit automation to uh, detect. So if it is dark outside and the front door opens, uh, the Christmas tree and the, the village lights all turn on. And that's all done through a combination of an Eve switch on the door and a Lutron cassette switch on the Christmas tree. So that's kind of fun. You know, when you come in at night and the tree lights up for you, if I was clever, I would, I would hook that up to the Sonos and, and have some music playing too, like Christmas carols. That would actually be really cool. Except if people were asleep in the house, then I would get in trouble. Now, you've, you've got a Lutron um, plug. I, I wasn't aware that Lutron made a plug. Or is this, or is this connected to like a, a switch? No, it's part of the Cassetta system. Uh, they have the in-wall switches. They also have a plug that you can plug into a power strip or just plug into the wall. Mm. And it's got a radio receiver in it, and it can connect to a switch. So one of the, um, the way our house is set up, one of the walls where I wanted to have the switch on all the time, I, I, I wired it closed so it's always open. I'm sorry, I guess I wired it permanently open. And then, then there's a, a power strip connected to that where the things that are plugged into that always stay plugged in the um so but if but there's a couple things i don't want always on and i have one of those lutron uh, plug-in adapters that has the radio inside of it and and during the regular year i keep that connected to a halogen light that lights up the room so i can tap the switch and it lights up that switch or not before we have to walk over and manually turn it on uh, during the holiday season, I take the um, I take the halogen lights off of it, and I connect it to the tree, and we have a little Christmas village, and I, they're both connected to the same plug. Oh, okay, because that's a plug that's designed specifically for lamps, right? Yes, exactly. The Lutron plug. Yeah. Okay, got it. But it's cool when you can connect it to your door, and you know, like like I said, just a little simple automation, but it's fun when you come in at night and the tree lights up for you. Any other uh, home automation stuff you got going? Well, the other thing is, you know, with a lot of these these smart plugs and all, you you can build in timers, um, but don't don't forget about if this then that. Uh, if this then that can do a lot of things as well. So you can use if this then that to turn on and off lights based on events, based on time of day, based on sunset. So if your timer that, that you're using 
um, doesn't have the specific features that you want, don't, don't worry or don't forget that a lot of these things can be connected up with this if then that. If this then that. Yeah, this is the first year that I've I've done the decorations where I've fully kind of embraced HomeKit. And I'd say overall, I've been really happy. Every all the home automation stuff I've set up has been running really solid. And um, and one of the nice things because my family, you know, gets HomeKit. All you have to do is swipe down to Control Center on your phone. There's a HomeKit icon. You tap on it, and I think it's something like nine or twelve of the most common HomeKit devices in your house are set up. Here, I'll check real. Yeah, it's just nine. So I just make sure that the most important ones are in that nine, so that you swipe to to control center, you press the home kit button and it'll say, you know, porch light, Christmas tree, kitchen lights. So my wife and kids can get into home kit and use those switches remotely um, from anywhere on their phone. And once I showed them that all you have to do is go to control center, then they get it, you know, whereas when it was in an app before you have to learn the app in essence, uh, home kit kind of took all that out of it. So everybody likes it. You know, we can lay in bed and turn off the Christmas tree if we forgot to, it's kind of nice. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password. Go to onepassword.com slash MPU in all caps to get 20% off. 1Password is a great solution for your personal internet privacy. It's also great with families with the 1Password family plan. But what about on your team at work? Well, 1Password has you covered there as well. The good news is that you don't need a dedicated IT department to make the most of 1Password teams. Everything you need to help manage your team and let your team manage themselves is built right in. Now, 1Password with a team requires even more power and flexibility than using it at home or with your family. And that's why they designed 1Password teams specifically with the needs of administrators in mind. And they're using that term administrator real lightly. It doesn't have to be an IT professional. It can just be a small business owner or a team leader in a company within a company. Team has different needs, so everything is completely customizable. When you're getting started, 1Password for Teams has a ton of support, including a dedicated support site and videos showing you how to get started both as an administrator and a team member. You can add vaults, manage team members, create and manage groups, recover accounts, and even more, all with easy-to-understand video tutorials. Katie and I have been talking about the importance of having a safe and secure password system on your devices for years. That's even more important on your work teams. With 1Password for Teams, you get those problems solved for you. And best of all, you get 20% off if you go to onepasswordcom MPU. So become the hero of your team today. Go to onepasswordcom MPU and sign up for 1Password for Teams and secure your internet privacy for your team today. So I think we're getting into an area now that I know you have a lot of expertise in, but let's talk about music because with the, with the holiday season comes holiday music. I, I know you like to spread a lot of holiday cheer around your house this time of year. Yeah, I love to play music. I mean, I love music all the time, but at, in the holidays, I'm just one of those, and, and my wife is the same. We both just love music. So, uh, and we like eclectic holiday music. We don't like, we, I mean, we like a lot of the general stuff. I mean, the Nat King Cole, there's certain songs that just everybody listens to every year, but we also like to go out and find obscure holiday music. Uh, I usually slant towards jazz, whereas my wife slants to different genres. Uh, and my kids have grown up to slant towards their own genre. So we all have kind of interesting holiday uh, playlists and we all uh, are eager to start them the day after Thanksgiving every year. So we're lots of holiday music in the Sparks house. 
Uh, I listen to a holiday music. Uh, you know, I know I don't listen to a ton of music, but um, one of the things that that I'm doing specifically this year is I'm hosting a couple of holiday parties for various organizations. You know, somehow I ended up with a year where I'm like on the board of a bunch of organizations. And so I'm like, yeah, OK, I'll host the holiday party this year. So you're kind of expected to have music going when you when you've got a holiday party going. Well, it just makes it better. I mean, next time you set your house up for a party, um, just look around and then turn the holiday music on and just see how different the vibe gets. Okay, but how do you do that? Um, not everybody's going to spend a fortune on Sonos like I have over the years. Um, but let's start with Sonos. Uh, if you do have a Sonos system, it's super easy. You can uh, create your playlist in Apple Music or whatever your streaming service of choices, or even you can just have it in your you know downloaded iTunes Music. Uh, you create your playlist wherever you want, and Sonos can see those in the app. And then you just open the Sonos app and you pick your playlist. You know, hit the uh, looping button so it just continues through it. And um, and you go. Uh, with my Sonos system, we have a couple speakers that move around the house. Like the ones that are upstairs, if we have a party, we'll move them downstairs. I even put them in the bathroom. I know I'm a weirdo. But it's great when people come over. So there's music in the backyard, music in the restroom, music in the kitchen. It's all over the house. And um, it's a great thing. Uh, with my kids getting older, a lot of times I'll just make them responsible for music. And they do a good job. They pick some good music. And um, and then if they're playlists and then if they're responsible for it, they'll make sure to put a new one on and keep it going. So there's one way you can do it. Sonos. It's expensive, but it's awesome and it sounds great. Uh, another way is if you have an Apple TV. Uh, if you have an Apple TV, you can play your music through your TV. It's it's one of the apps on the Apple TV. Uh, your TV's probably got decent speakers. If you've got friends over and you're cooking for them, just hook up the Apple TV, put it on music, and save your playlist to music. You know, And you can just play that Christmas playlist through it. If you've got an Apple Music subscription on Apple TV, it will even go through and find the, the Apple-generated playlist. And there's a ton of great holiday uh, genre playlists on the Apple TV. So uh, let's say you don't have all the money spent on, on Sonos, but you still want to have some nice music. Turn on your TV, go to Apple TV, start the playlist. And, it, it, and one of the nice things it does when you do that is it displays the album. And, uh, and you know, who wants people watching TV at your house anyway when you're having a party? So if they want to look, they can see the album name, but the TV then is not a distraction. Um, there are a couple of other ways that you can do this, too. If you want to stream music from your computer and you have a bunch of Bluetooth speakers, which a, which a lot of us do, or you have AirPlay speakers, there is a third-party accessory called Airfoil. It's it's made by the um, it's made by the same people that make Audio Hijack by Rogue Amoeba. Uh, they are the audio people, and you can use that to do something that was, I believe, a feature that was long promised with uh, uh, with AirPlay. Is it coming in AirPlay 2.0? I don't know. Um, it is, it's supposed to, but AirPlay 2 has been delayed or something. It's yeah. still not out yet, but it's the ability to select multiple speakers and to stream music to multiple speakers simultaneously. And this is the only way that I know to do that now. Um, so what it will allow you to do is select multiple speakers. And so if you have multiple AirPlay or multiple Bluetooth speakers, it will allow you to select those speakers and, and play music to them simultaneously. And that I have, I will tell you that I've used it for parties um, the technology works, but sometimes the speakers aren't the best depending on what you have. So that, that is one way to do it. I would just say, you know, test your setup and test your placement before you do. 
Yeah, I agree. And and one of the things with that is those solutions don't cache as much. Like with with the Sonos system, it loads, I think, most of the playlists into the system. So even if your phone turns off or if you go into the backyard to barbecue and you're out of radio range of the system, everything just keeps working. Uh, when you do something like that, there's a, a possibility things may shut down on you at some point. Uh, so you just need to be aware of that and ready to restart the playlist if the necessity arises. And, and Amazon Echo's got some great support for this now, too. Have you ever played? Now, Amazon Echo this year added multi-room audio. Have you played with that? They do. It's it's not as smooth of an implementation as I would like. You have to go into the uh, the Echo controls and set up your multiple room setup. And and I would like to be able to set up multiple, multiple room setup. So if I want downstairs, if I want upstairs, if I want just these devices, it seems like you have to set up a grouping and you can only have one going at a time. Um, but it works. And w what I have is I have an Amazon Echo in my kitchen and I have multiple dots. So what I've done is I've, I've created a, a grouping that's all of my Echoes. And so what I would do for a party is just strategically move those echoes wherever I need them and plug speakers into them, which is really, really the way that I've done it. Yeah. So, and that's an alternative to Sonos really at the end of the day. So there's a lot of ways to get, you know, a lot of ways to get audio in multiple rooms, but the other thing you can just do is get a decent Bluetooth speaker. I mean, there's some really nice ones that are not very big that can fill an apartment or even a decent sized house. And you don't need to go crazy with multi-room audio. You just put it somewhere in a central location and you just stream music from your phone in your pocket all night. And it's a great way to have music and kind of improve the mood for your party. Yeah. In fact, I was just at a party where they, they had a little Bluetooth speaker sitting in one room and it was, it was great. It worked fine because that was really kind of the central room for it. Okay, well, we talked about how to play the music. Well, how do you put your music playlist together, Katie? Well, I will say, David, I saw somewhere on Twitter, I believe, that uh, you had composed all these playlists for me. So that's kind of what I was planning on doing. <laughs> Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, I started doing that this year. I, I'm using Apple Music. There's a very easy way to share playlists in Apple Music. I'll put my, uh, I call it Yule playlist. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes for today's show. And um, it's just a, a list of, for me, a, a really good jazz music, uh, holiday-themed jazz music. That's all it is in there. Occasionally, my kids get on my computer. Like, like the other day, I was I saw one was in there uh, that was not very, very much not my style, but somehow got into my playlist. And one of my daughters had been working on my computer and accidentally added it to the playlist. Accidentally, in, in yes. Quotes. <laughs> yeah, but the um, but either way, it's it's just kind of a fun playlist. So I I put it on Twitter two or three weeks ago. I've got tons of tweets from people that are uh, uh, enjoying it. So you know, take it with a grain of salt. Some of it's kind of out there jazz. Some of it's more standard stuff. And you'll just have to see what you think. I mean, I, I've got this theory about Christmas music when you're going to cover it because, you know, all these, everybody wants to cover Christmas music because if it takes off, it's like a never ending source of income for the musician. Every, every December people are going to buy it. Um, but I feel like, you know, for most songs, somebody kind of owns the song already, you know, uh, you know, you know, Bing Crosby owns White Christmas. Nat King Cole owns the Christmas song. You know, there, there's all these songs that are, you know, Ella Fitzgerald owns, you know, some for me. So you've got these people that did such a good job. You're never going to do better, in my opinion. So you have got to do something interesting with it. So I'm always looking for people who are taking and applying weird time signatures or are doing something interesting. So when you listen to it, it's kind of fun. So that's one of the things I've done, but not everybody loves jazz. Um, maybe you want something more traditional or something even more out there. Uh, if you have a music subscription service like Apple Music or some of its competitors, 
uh, they all have curated Christmas lists that you can choose from. I mean, I was just looking the other day on Apple Music. They've got one with country and they've got one with rock and they've got, you know, whatever genre you like, there's probably a Christmas list for you already built. So can I only access your music playlist and play that at my holiday party if I'm an Apple Music subscriber? Is that how it works? Yeah, because, yeah, I believe so. I mean, because it's just a list of songs. And I guess I think you can see it if you're not. So you could go, I guess, and buy them all. But there's something like, I don't know, 150 songs on there. I don't think you want to do that. Oh, my goodness. I don't know that many Christmas songs. Okay. Well, I go in and and some of them are going off and on. And and they're like, I just found out that the Air Force's big band, their jazz band, did a Christmas album. And I just put the whole thing in the Yule list. And now I'm going through and slowly taking some out that I don't think are very good and keeping the ones that I like. And um, it, it, the funny thing is this is a whole new experience for me that this is a shared public list now because as I'm going through traditionally, going through and just kind of parsing it out, the whole world out there saying, oh, why is this song on your list? I'm like, well, I just hadn't had a chance to decide whether it made the cut yet. Um, it, but, you know, th- so I use Apple Music, of course. I'm on a show called Mac Power Users, and I have a website called Mac Sparky. Of course I use Apple Music. But um, it, if you want to use a different service and you look at my list, you can go ahead and add it through that service as well. Probably not as, it's probably not going to be as convenient, though, as you use Apple Music. So I, um, again, because I'm hosting a lot of holiday parties this year, you get a certain amount of, and and we've talked about many times on the show that I am not as into music as you are. I have, I have less than 2,500 songs in my iTunes library and I'm okay with that. I, I buy probably a dozen or fewer songs a year and I'm, I'm happy with that. I buy the few songs that I like. And for me, a music streaming service just doesn't make financial sense or practical sense. I buy the songs I want and then I'm done. But the, the holiday time is, is probably the time where I would like to get a little more music because I, I listen to holiday music for a month or less and, and then I'm done with it and I never want to listen to it again. So there, there are a couple of things that are, that are interesting with, um, that I've used. So I try to look at what services do I already have. Now, I'm already an Amazon Prime member. In Amazon Prime, you do get a select group of, of their music for free. It's, it's a very limited, it's not super limited, but it is a more limited subset of their music service that you can get for free. And I found that to be pretty good. I mean, if you're just hosting a holiday party, you can probably find one of their um, their playlists in there that, that you can use and, and that will be adequate for your holiday party. So that's something that you should probably look at. Although the music would be much better at my party, just so we're clear. It probably would be. Um, although they do have like jazz Christmas in there that you could you do. I'm, I'm sure it's not as curated as yours. However, um, you can, I, I did, you can get a $99, I'm sorry, 99 cent, big difference there, um, trial for three months of Amazon Music. And so I did that this year. I spent 99 cents. I got three months. I have an OmniFocus reminder to remind me to cancel it in three months so I don't get auto-billed. But I'm trying out the Amazon Music service for the next three months. It happens to include the holidays. And I will find just about everything. And, and I have I have pretty plain vanilla taste in music, I will tell you. But just about every, you're you're agreeing, you're like, yes, I know you do, Katie. Just about everything that I have asked the Echo to play, it's managed to come up with. And so with my very non-eclectic plain vanilla taste in music, it has come up with just about everything I've asked it to. Yeah. Uh, Having Apple Music has really helped my, my Yule playlist because there is some stuff out there that I just didn't know and I didn't have access to before. Like this year, when I'm very proud, I found a 
Christmas song recorded by Charlie Parker. I mean, Bird, this was like in the late 40s, early 50s. People weren't thinking about Christmas songs, especially in in the New York uh, bebop clubs. But apparently one night he just, for whatever reason, decided to play Christmas Carol. I don't remember which one it was now, but he played the snot out of it and somebody recorded it and, and then somebody found the recording. It's not a very good recording, but it's Charlie Parker playing Christmas music. So it's great. Um, to follow up on Katie's point, I can beat you, uh, for zero cents if for not even 99 cents. If you haven't tried it yet, Apple music still has a three free month trial. So if you're going to have a big party and you, uh, want to go ahead and just sign up for Apple music for the free trial, you can get access to all that music that way as well. If I do decide that I like the Amazon echo or the, uh, the Amazon music plan, um, you, their pricing is pretty comparable to Apple music, except that they do have a um, $3.99 per month Echo only plan. So it, it's it's four bucks a month, but it's less than a, a full-fledged music service if you're just going to use it on one Echo. But you can't play it in your car or take it with you. I listen to podcasts in the car. I'm good. Okay. Anything else on music? That's all I got. You're the music person. Is that, that did we cover everything? I think the holidays is a great excuse to get your music uh, system tuned up. But but like I said earlier, you don't have to go crazy with this stuff. Just a good Bluetooth speaker and a good music playlist in your pocket can uh, can really make the difference for your party. Uh, while we're on the, the subject of parties, though, uh, we had some other um, ideas for parties uh, related to uh, the holidays. Uh, listener Marguerite wrote in, I'm going to look for an app for everyone to RSVP and let everyone else know that they're bringing so we don't get all the desserts and no veggies next time. So that raises the question of what, how do you manage just getting people to your holiday parties? Um, I, you know, do you, people used to send out these, these beautiful invitations on letterpress and paper and all of those types of things. I, I will tell you, I started getting more and more of these Evite cards. And I was like, my, I honestly, my initial impression was, well, this is, this is kind of, um, you know, lazy, honestly, was my initial impression. And it's, it's kind of anti, you know, it's not as formal. And uh, I, I still think that there's a place for a formal invitation. I would not send an Evite to my wedding, but, um, I used the Evite service for one of my holiday parties. And I must say, uh, it was uh, nice um, I, I think people more and more are getting on board with the Evite. Everything we have is digital. You plug in their email addresses. You can plug in their phone numbers. Um, they they get the information. You can set up lists for people to bring food and to um, you know check off. Yes, we've got enough wine. Yes, we've got enough veggies. Please bring a dessert. Please bring an appetizer. Um, you can you can say whether people are allowed to bring a guest. You know, my my party is spouses and significant others are welcome, so people are allowed to do that. It manages RSVPs, so you can manage expectations. You can send out um, notices to people. So I think unless it's a super formal event, um, Evite and a lot of other services like that are, are probably pretty good events. And if you don't want to do that, like a lot of the social media services, I know like Facebook has a mechanism for this. There's a lot of like social media stuff you can use for it, but. But that's all public. I'm not sure I want everyone to know. You know. Maybe I'm just being weird, but I just don't want to know who's bringing the, you know, what do you call them? The mini weenies and the uh, the carrots. The smoked sausages, yeah. Yeah, there you go. And well, the, I mean, it, through, through a service like Evite, only people who are invited know who's bringing the potato chips. 
Exactly. That's uh, I think that's better. Are, are you okay with that? Or like you don't even want your guests to know who brought the potato chips? What's your favorite holiday cookie, Katie Floyd? Oh, we need to know this. Oh, I make the most amazing chocolate chip cookies. Really? That is like my thing. That is what I make. I Didn't I send you some at one point? You may have. But I mean, my kids are animals. I don't know that I got one. You may not have gotten any. Um, yeah, that's what, in fact, that's what I will be doing next Sunday is I, I will be baking. Um, I, I have a whole bunch of tins. I bought them last I had to move them. I bought them last year when they were 50% off. So I have a, I have like a closet full of, of tins. And so I make cookies and brownies and I put half and half in the tins because some people like cookies and some people like brownies. And, um, yep, that's what I, that's what I hand out to a lot of people, a lot of family and neighbors and those things. Yeah. My mom was, she was a, you know, woman of the seventies, you know, so she used to make these really weird cookies when I was a kid. She called them spiders and they were, um, the, uh, the chow mein, you know, the, like the crunchy chow mein that you can put on salads, you know what I'm talking about? And like, she, she dipped them in chocolate and turned them into like clumps that kind of look like a clump of sticks or spiders. Ew, and, um, that'd be good. Like with peanut butter too. It, well, yeah. Or she would put peanuts in them sometimes too. When I was a little kid, I, I have such fond memories of those cookies. <laughs> All right. Um, so what you've got a bunch of people, they've evited, they've showed up at your house. Uh, how are we going to make the party better with our Apple tech? Uh, well, there, there are lots of ways that you could do that. I was looking for a use for my TV. Um, I, one of the things about my new house is I don't have a fireplace and I, I miss my fireplace about three days a week uh, or three days a year rather. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. But, but I realized that, you know what, for three days a year that I use it, it's not worth the cost and expense and the upkeep of, of having a fireplace. And what I really missed was looking at a fire. And I so mean, the alligators could come down it too, right? I mean, you're in Florida. Yeah, they could. The, the alligators can come down the chimney. Um, so what, what I really wanted was I was looking for a really good Apple TV uh, fireplace screensaver. There's a lot of those. There right? are a lot of those. Um, John actually wrote in to say that Magic Fireplace was his go-to, and it has a lot of different choices for fireplaces. And then Adam wrote in to say that we should just look on Amazon Prime because um, there are a bunch of fireplace options there, so you can even get some for free. But then that opened up a whole new world of, sure, you could use your Apple TV for a digital fireplace, and that might be what I do because I just wanted something kind of festive on the screen. But there's a whole lot more that you can do with your Apple TV at a holiday party. One of the things we've done often with parties in our house, and this isn't just for a holiday party, you can use this one in anything, is you just set up a custom, you go in the Photos app and you set up a custom um, uh, gallery for the event. And then on your phone, you walk around, you take pictures of the event, and then you have them just upload to the gallery and the Apple TV will update and show those pictures. And I think people love to see pictures of themselves, I guess, is the thing I've learned from this. Every time we have a party, we do it. And and I just hand off my phone to my one of my daughters or one of the one of the kids at the party or somebody uh, who would like to do that for me. And they just go around and take pictures for a good chunk of the party. And then they'll go back and do more later. And so as the party evolves, the, the photo uh, gallery evolves as well. That's a, that's a great use for Apple TV. So let's step back and talk a little bit about how you do that. Um, you're, you're taking photos, but then you're saving those photos to a specific iCloud photo album that you've designated that iCloud photo album to be the screensaver. Yes. And if you want to get really fancy, you make it a shared album and you share it with other people at the party. 
so that other people at the party can take photos and add them to that album. Yeah, I believe that works. I'm I'm kind of audibling that one. I think usually we deal with just one phone, but I'm almost certain that you can also display a shared gallery on on the t- Apple TV. And if that's the case, it would work. Yes. And if you want to get even fancier with that, Harold and the Facebook group had the idea to try a photo booth this year. So you can use that same workflow, but just add, um, you know, costumes to it or add props or whatever you wanted to do. Yeah, that's great. And then he tethers the camera to the MacBook and sends the pics to the selected folder to sync with the Apple TV. Smart Harold. That works. Um, Evan wrote in and said, you know, you, you don't even have to be photos of people because sometimes people get weird about having, you know, photos of themselves. A lot of it depends on the crowd. Are, are these colleagues? Are these friends? Um, you know, is it your boss? You know, who, who is the crowd and, and what is the, you know, what is the purpose of the party? But if, if you just want something pretty on the Apple TV, number one, the Apple TV has a bunch of beautiful screensavers, but it's not so, yeah, I really wish the Apple TV would have a holiday themed screensaver. But you can make Well, you your... can. There are apps, uh, Apple TV apps that are holiday-themed screensavers. Yeah, there are. Just look in, the, look in the app store on the TV, you'll get some. Some of them are terrible, though. I tried a couple, and they were very kind of basic. But you can also make your own. Um, what Evan did is he downloaded a bunch of Christmas-themed images from around the internet and put them into a shared album and used that to feed the screensaver on the Apple TV. Yeah, nice. My my uh, my oldest daughter is super into Sherlock. You know that show I keep that Katie hates. Won't watch. No, I'm caught up, her. and there like hasn't been a new episode for years. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time, Katie. Uh, so so we had a when they had the new season last year. I um we had a party. We had a Sherlock party. It was fun, you know. And we wrote like clues on the mirror in the bathroom and stuff. We just made it real fun. But one of the things I did was we played the Sherlock soundtrack through the Sonos. But on the Apple TV, I just collected a bunch of images from a Google image search of Sherlock. It was the actors and you know, like pictures of the sets and things like that. And I put it into a gallery and we just played it on the Apple TV for, you know, cause people got to our house an hour or two before the show started. So we just had that gallery cycling as we were all eating and having a good time. And especially if you're having like a work party or a family party, you may in advance have photos of those people that you can, you can set up and stage it on the Apple TV. So when they come in, they're already photos. Um, we, we had a retirement uh, party for a, a colleague and, you know, we, we asked their friends and family and colleagues for photos of them. And that's what we had on the Apple TV. So there are lots of ways that you could do that. Yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, I was laughing when you were talking about digital fireplace. My wife years ago bought a DVD of a fireplace, you know, because <laughs> before there were apps, there were DVDs. But she has one that has Mickey ears occasionally show up on it. So I'll, I'll let me you want to guess how often we get to play uh, fireplace apps? Never. Always got to play that dumb DVD. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you in part by Jamf Now. You can manage all of your Apple devices from anywhere with Jamf Now. So when you first start your business, it's pretty easy to keep track of your own computer and phone because, you know, it's just you. You are your own IT person. But the problem starts when you grow and you have to buy more tech for your employees. It gets harder to keep track of everyone's Macs, their iPhones, their iPads, and you're trying to figure out how to secure that iPad that your sales rep just lost. And it can be tough, especially when everyone starts venturing out into different locations. Well, Jamf makes this and a whole lot more much, much easier. You can configure settings. You can protect your sensitive information. You can even lock and wipe a device from absolutely anywhere. 
Jamf now secures your stuff so you can focus on your business instead. There's no IT expertise needed. You can find out more and create a free account today by heading to jamf.com slash MPU. That's J-A-M-F dot com slash MPU. And because you listen to the show, you'll be able to start securing your business immediately by registering your first three devices for free. And when you're ready to add more, you can do so for just two bucks a device per month. And maybe you think you don't need something like this. Maybe you think you're not going to grow, but hey, you never know. So why don't you go ahead and get started by heading over to jamfnow.com. That's J-A-M-F dot com slash MPU to go ahead, get started, start securing your devices. And when you grow, you're ready to go. So thanks so much to Jamf Now for their support of Mac Power users and all of Relay FM. So there are more things that you can do with a with an Apple TV at a holiday party, because um, you know Apple TV will also play videos. Uh, Rose wrote in with a really cute idea. She said, "If you if you have video uh, photos of people, and she said, and please make sure that they have a good sense of humor, uh, you could take those photos and elf them yourself." That's a great service. Yeah, uh, Elf Yourself. I think it used to be a website, but now it's a it's an app, and we'll put a link in the show notes to the Elf Yourself app. And basically, what that does is that service takes takes the heads off the photos, turns them into elves, and gives you all kinds of crazy and wacky situations that you put people in, and you sing and you dance. Um, I think it's an app that's made by Office Depot or a service by Office Depot. So you elf yourself, and then what you do is you you export that as a video and then you know bring that video into Apple TV and you can just play a bunch on a loop. So grab headshots of your coworkers and family members and uh, set up a couple of videos to elf yourself and just set them to run in the background. That's, that's a fun thing to do. Uh, somebody wrote in and said that you could use themed YouTube videos, which is, I think, a good idea, except the, the only problem with that is YouTube is a, you know, it's got the hive mind. Uh, so make sure you've got, a, a playlist set up because once it starts just going off it's on its own it could randomly like if it was in my house it would probably start playing videos of a guy explaining how to play the saxophone or something so you want to make sure you've got an actual good set of theme videos that'll keep playing and and some of the holiday theme videos can be quite long because they're designed for a party you know uh, youtube also has a lot of fireplace videos or things like that that that, are, that loop for like 4 hours or something like that i bet daisy's disney dvd has been turned into a youtube video somewhere or or you know what you could do david you could just digitize the dvd yeah because I mean, we we use the dvd player like two or three times a year and one of the reasons is to play her, her christmas fireplace dvd uh, i think you know what you need to do now yeah i think i do too one one of the um, things that somebody wrote in, in is there's apparently, you know how people have like these Yule logs that are uh, logs that are burning in, you know, festive ways. Um, somebody made one of a burning Darth Vader. Oh, really? <laughs> Why not? That makes sense. I mean, the melted mask. You know, we're, as we're recording this, I'm like three days away from um, from release of the new movie and I'm on social media lockdown. So if you don't see me on Twitter, it's because I'm trying to avoid anything. Yeah, I'm going to see the movie before you are. I've got tickets at 7 o'clock. Yeah, you are. So you I'll, better, try, I'll text you. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> turn, um, turn, off, turn off your phone. No, I won't. That would be the I end of the Mac you. Power users. <laughs> if we don't have an episode next week, you'll know what Katie did. <laughs> you'll know why. All right. I went and saw The um, the Force Awakens with Liana Lehua. And uh, when we went into it, because we, we saw the second showing, we were both like super afraid that someone would walk out 
of the theater and just to be a jerk, like yell something like, you know, you know, Darth Vader is Luke's father, you know, to all of us as we're walking into the movie. So, so we both had like, um, our headphones in, you know, playing loud in our ears as we were walking in and just looking down. We just, we were so panicked about it. <laughs> I'm such a weirdo, Katie. Um, no, that's all right. Uh, yeah, another thing you can do, and this is something I really recommend for holiday parties, is games. The Apple TV, uh, you know, people listening to me, if you just turn me off, don't turn me off. I'm not talking about playing Mario games, and which are great games, but I'm talking about like kind of party Apple TV games. And we have so much fun with these in our family. Like last year, we were playing uh, one of the games I'm going to recommend here, and we almost missed New Year because we were we got so into the game that we looked up. We're like, oh my goodness, you know, it's New Year's in like two minutes. You know, on, when we were the family is together on New Year's Eve. Uh, so there's some really great games you can play with a with a family. Uh, the first one I would recommend is Sketch Party. Uh, Sketch Party TV, it's a blast. Um, you don't really need to to hear the TV for it, so that's kind of cool. And it's just kind of like one of those drawing games, but party-oriented. And that was a listener, David, who wrote in with that one. But I, I've recommended that one on Mac Sparky in the past. It's a it's a great app. In fact, the developer is a Mac, uh, is a Mac Power Users listener. We hear from him every once in a while. So hello, and uh, thanks for making a great game. Um, we heard from other people with with other games. Um, Gary said that the Beats Sports Rhythm game was a hit for their family last year. So those are those are there's one to look at. There's two more that we in my family turn into shouting matches, and they're super fun. The first one is called Space Team, and this is a great game for nerdy families. Um, you uh, you start it up, and then you your local iPhone or iPad becomes like a console. Uh, that connects to the game that's on the TV and everybody has a different console. And so imagine yourself on the bridge of a spaceship and then they start screaming out instructions and they have the, just these ridiculous names for the switches you need to throw and the dials you need to turn. And so imagine your ship is rocketing through space and you're going to crash unless everybody on the team does exactly what they need to do on their console at the right time. Super fun. It's called space team. And the other one I'd recommend, and this is the one that we got, we almost missed New Year's over, it was called Fibbage, F-I-B-B-A-G-E. And it's just this ridiculous trivia game uh, where you there's a web service, you log in to a web service, but so it sees your phone. So everybody in a room, uh, they ask a question, like, you know, like an old... Um, Reminds me of kind of the Liars game, an old um, game show. But they have a, a, a sentence with a blank in it, and then you put a word in, and and you have to, you know, you get scored points. Number one, you get scored, scored points if you get the right word, which is the answer. But you also get points if you get the wrong word, but other people think it's the answer. And uh, you can take it seriously, or you can take it not so seriously, and either way, it's a lot of fun. So that's a, that's a couple of good games for you. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about holiday cards. That's something, you know, a lot, we don't send out a lot of mail anymore, but a lot of people still send out greeting cards at the holidays. And in fact, this is something that I meant to do this weekend and I haven't gotten out yet. Yeah, we, uh, we, I just finished production of our holiday card last night, so I have lots to share. Um, and you do a lot to create your cards. I mean, uh, you, you don't go on snapfish.com or something and, and just, you know, stick a family photo in a card and say, we wish you a Merry Christmas. You, uh, the Sparks family sets a very high standard for making holiday cards. Yes, we bring it. We bring it. And it's, it's almost like competitive in my family where we all, you know, if you just, if you just do one of those, like a couple of times we've done the, you know, picture on the beach. And everybody in my family mocks me and makes fun of me because they're like, come on, you can do better than that. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely go at it hard. 
Okay. So so is this a competition in your family to see who has the most creative card? Uh, there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that. But it just kind of, we also just, I don't know. We, we like to, we just like to make it special. It was a lot bigger deal a few years ago uh, when this was kind of hard work. Now you can go on Snapfish and do a pretty amazing card without, with very little work. But but we still like to try to bring more. Okay. And, and then you, I know, particularly use a lot of tools in actually crafting the card. So how do you do that? Yeah, well, every year is different. Like I've had ones where I had my kids hanging off the back of Santa's sled. So I'll never forget they came down for, for breakfast one morning. This is when they're littler. I said, okay, I want you to go in the backyard, leave your pajamas on and hang off the swing set, you know? And I was, at, you know, I had to get the right picture so I could isolate them and then put them on Santa's sled. This year I used, um, I guess I can talk about it. I don't think it, that many people listen that would know, but our, our card this year is a throwback card. Um, years ago when my kids were younger, we did a card where we had these little letters, N-O-E-L, the Noel letters, and each one of us held one and we took a picture of us and then we stuck the pictures together. And my youngest daughter was very young at the time and she was like holding the O and singing through it. And it was really great. And so this year we decided, it's been like 10 years since we did that card or even longer. Let's just do the same card over again with all of us much older. Uh, so I, uh, so we did it again. We got the letters and we did it. I just sent them to you, Katie. So you're getting, you're the first person to see our card. And, um, and, uh, this year I use Apple's new portrait mode on the iPhone 10. So, uh, everybody just kind of put on dark clothes and I, we just sat in front of, uh, with a window behind us with a shade for backlight and, um, and then kind of pulled them away from it. And I set up portrait mode on iPhone 10, which, and they've got in portrait mode, they've got this one where it blacks out everything around you. And that is a tricky uh, thing to use. I, I didn't realize how hard it was until I spent the time making these pictures because you've got to kind of walk in and out on the frame. You got to take your phone closer and farther away from the person until it gives you a black circle around the person to say, okay, now we're in the right focal length to give you this portrait mode. And I did that with each of us. And I didn't have to do any post-production on the card in terms of removing background. The portrait mode did it all for us. And Katie, did you get the images? I put them in the Skype. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. So go look. You'll, you'll see. I mean, they came out really good. I was really happy with the way they came out using this portrait mode feature. And it doesn't look too weird. Kind of looks like we're coming out of the dark. Very cool. And then the old ones there too, which is was done differently. And so then are you, you're setting this out as a physical card this year? Oh, we always do as a physical card. So then the next step I did was I took the images, I did just a little bit of fixing on them. Like I fixed blemishes on the kids, but with me and Daisy, I just left them in because I'm like, hey, you know what? We're, we're older now. We look older. So I'll just leave that stuff. But, and then um, with portrait mode, one of the, the problems I found with one of my daughters is it made her pupils super bright. Like it looked like, I don't know, looked like she was going to shoot lasers out of her eyes or something because it had shot multiple flashes and the way her pupils reacted was really weird. So I went into Pixelmator Pro, you know, the new fancy Pixelmator out there. I fixed up, did all the you know, touch-ups, but I fixed up her eyes so they didn't look so weird and fixed a couple blemishes. And then I exported those and the, the app I use for putting multiple pictures together like this, which isn't really the app you're probably supposed to use for this, but I use OmniGraffle because I'm so good with OmniGraffle and it's very easy to resize in the app and make, you know, adjustments and changes. So then I put the whole thing in OmniGraffle. 
And uh, and you, I was laughing earlier because you said we don't use Snapfish, but we actually do now. Now, because Snapfish does such a good job with the the image production, whereas in the past we would go into like Kinkos and get them printed out as images, and then we'd 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 um, glue them onto paperback cards. Uh, Snapfish just printing is very good, so uh, I added a bunch of black to the top of it, and then we found a Snapfish template that wrote "Merry Christmas" across the top. And um, it, it's going to come out really nice. But but there was actually a lot of uh, nerdy uh, production stuff going on between the iPhone 10 and then uh, Pixelmator Pro and OmniGraffle. Awesome. All right. Well, you you get very creative in, in, in creating your cards. I, um, I, I'm envious of yours every year when I see them. And I just I don't I don't do that much of them. It is for me kind of an excuse to use nerd tools for photography, which I don't do as often as I'd like, you know, like I knew this year we had a new Pixelmator. I knew we had the portrait mode and I was thinking, well, how can I use all those to make an interesting card? And this is what I came up with. Um, one of the things that is always a pain for people is managing their addresses for Christmas cards and making sure that that gets just right. You know, this is one of the things that Apple used to do well in the old version of um, address book or contacts. Before it was contacts. Before it was contacts. It was an address book. And you used to be able to um, create customized um, address books and uh, customized greeting card lists. But that has not been the case anymore. And so it's gotten a lot harder to to be able to manage these addresses. And so this is this is how I do it. I create a custom group for everybody that I plan on sending a holiday card to. And I put everybody that I or the families that I think I'm going to spend that send that holiday card to in that custom group. And what you used to be able to do is, you know, if I was going to send a, a card to David Sparks, I used to be able to say, you know, send it to, um, you know, this person's name and their spouse name. Um, and send it to them and send it to David and Daisy Sparks and send it to your address. But now, no, it's just going to go to David Sparks. And yeah, I think that's kind of rude, especially if it's a husband and wife, to just send it to one person or to not send it to the Sparks family. So what I do is I pick one representative from each family who's going to get a Christmas card from me. I put them in that custom address book. And then I actually go into Microsoft Word. Uh, I think you probably could do this with pages, but I'm so used to doing it with Word. And I get a pack of those, you know, Avery labels, whatever size you you want and that works for you. And um, I just I create using mail merge and using that address book as the as the source. I create a mail merge that pulls all of those addresses um, into mail merge. And then I edit them before I send them out. And I probably end up editing maybe a third of them. So the one that goes to David Sparks, I edit and I send it to the Sparks family uh, just to edit the name. That, I don't have to worry about the addresses, but it gives me a really good starting point so that I know I at least have everybody that I want in that list, and I know that I've got their addresses in that list. So I'll I'll, I'll typically tweak the names, um, and then I just print it out on the, the printer and the labels, and, and then boom, I'm done. I've got those labels. And the, the process probably takes me about 20 minutes. It's not that much, but it's so much less than handwriting all those labels on the cards. Hey, you know, I was setting up something like that a few years ago, and my my wife said, "Look, I like I like filling them out, so I don't know why you're doing this." Wow. So, um, so she feels. Can like, I ship her mine? No, probably not. Okay, no. But the, right. yeah, but like you, I have we have an address book. You can with Contacts app have a specific address book for anybody that gets a holiday card. So that makes it really easy every year just to print that out, and then she can look at it when she's filling them out. And and the for the return address, she has a stamp, but she likes to fill them out. But. uh 
I, I do feel like there's room there for an app that, that could, could automate that process for you. Right. Uh, opportunity for a third party developer to read a, to read a group and address book. And then just, even if you could just create a custom field and the field that just says, you know, holiday label or something and let me print that, but nope, doesn't work anymore. You know, I did the videos for um, Cart Hop, and I don't think it does anything like that. I'm going to send them a note to see. And then Busy Contacts. Does Busy Contacts do that? Mm-mm. Yeah, they don't do any customized printing. Yeah, boy, it's just like, I wonder why that's so hard. I'm surprised somebody hasn't done it. Yeah, the, the only way I found to do it well is to mail merge them into Word and then cust- and, and to manually edit them, which is not a huge deal. It doesn't take a ton of time, but it's it's one more step. Uh, you do anything fancy with your card production or? I usually, if I, I will either get, um, you know, cards just from a store and send those out with a little note in them or, or I'll do a Snapfish card. I, I used to, I used to love the Apple cards, but. Yeah. Those used to be nice. Now, do you do the, like the full on letter to tell everybody everything going on in your life for the last year? I don't. Um, I, I think my mom does just, I, I figure if my mom is still going to do that, anybody who really cares is going to get the update from my mom. Yeah. I can't do that either. I feel like the more you know about me, the the less you'll respect me fundamentally. <laughs> Listen to the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by FreshBooks. To all the freelancers and free agents out there, you know how important it is to make smart decisions for your business. Our friends at FreshBooks can save you up to 192 hours with their cloud accounting software for freelancers that's ridiculously easy to use. By simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with their paperwork. But the team at FreshBooks isn't just sitting around on their hands, they keep making it better. Uh, With the all-new Notification Center, it's like your personal assistant. You'll always know what's changed in your business since you last logged in and what needs to be dealt with pronto. FreshBooks also automates late payment email reminders, so you can spend less time chasing payments and more time working your magic. This is a mistake I make all the time. I let bills go out and I forget to follow up on them. With FreshBooks, there's a switch. You just push the button, automatically sends out those payment reminders for you. FreshBooks even keeps track of when a client sees an invoice. So when you email a client an invoice, FreshBooks can show you whether they've opened it, which puts an end to the guessing games. Sometimes, you know, a client may just not have opened the invoice yet. If you start using FreshBooks, you're going to have the benefit of a company that knows this business well. They have over 10 million users, so they know what they're doing when it comes to handling this cloud accounting software for you. Nevertheless, they've managed to stay a pretty small company, landing them the title of small giant on Forbes' list of best small companies this year. Now, if you're listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now's the time to try. FreshBook is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial to listeners of this show. There's no credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com MPU and enter Mac Power Users in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So that's, uh, once again, freshbooks.com MPU and enter Mac Power Users. When you do that, you get that 30-day unrestricted free trial. So you can really kick the tires and see how great it is. Thanks, FreshBooks, for all of your support of the show. Katie, uh, so we, we did a show on uh, gift-giving recommendations, but uh, we also heard from some listeners talking about gift-giving in the holidays. 
Yeah, that that is kind of a, an issue. I I will tell you, my family is is split on um, on whether or not we like wish lists. Um, our extended family really likes having like an Amazon wish list or something like that because you know it. You feel like you really don't know what to get somebody. You'd really like to give them something that they want, but you don't really know what they want or what they have or what they don't. Um, but my immediate family, <laughs> my mom looks at my Amazon wish list and she's like, that looks really boring. I'm not buying you any of that garbage. I'm like, all right, well. Thanks for the judgment, mom. Thank you. Appreciate it. She's like, <laughs> yeah. all you've got on there is light bulbs and cables. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not really it. I'd say, no, there's probably a thumb drive on there too. <laughs> so, all right. Well, there you go. So that's okay. My daughter had from her school, they had some students came over to, um, to, to our house. Cause they were working on a group projects. So they used our house and I wasn't there at the time. I was, I think I was in court or something. And she told me afterwards, she says, yeah, one of the people in my class asked, she says, do you have a younger brother? <laughs> and she says, no, <laughs> that's my dad. all the Star Wars stuff all over the house. <laughs> so uh, that's my role. So there you go. Make of it what you will. Uh, Christine wrote in, um, she says, it's not a fancy app, but we use Gifster among our extended families, a way to put things on our wish list and keep tabs on what's been purchased for others. That's very organized, you know, going with Gifster. I've, I've not been uh, familiar with that, but I'm, I'm glad to see that there's a solution here. You just got to get your family on board with it. With our family, we uh, in our immediate family. Every year after Thanksgiving, we kind of have a family meeting, I guess, you know, as we're sitting around eating dinner and we just go through every person in our list, you know, uh, you know, in our extended family that we're buying gifts for and everybody throws out ideas and we create a reminders list and Apple reminders and that those are super easy to share with everybody. So you just say, you know, Uncle Tom, you know, he wants X, Y, Z. And so we just, for each person, we kind of come to a decision about what we want to get them. For some people, we may not know yet. And we'll put a question mark next to them. Uh, for other people, um, the, uh, you know, my wife, like my wife always wants to get her sister's gift, but she's not sure what she'll get until she goes to the mall and really looks around. But we'll just say, you know, for Rose, um, you know, hyphen Daisy, we'll get that. Yeah. My, my wife's sister's name is Rose and her name is Daisy. So you can kind of get the theme there. Uh, but so, but we have kind of a, a list to work from. And then if somebody buys one, they check it off the list. Cause what we were finding is, uh, we would kind of get, come with an idea what we wanted to get somebody, but then we'd find out that we had three things for the same person because three different people bought the gift. So this little reminders list we started up a, a few years ago, works really great. And we use it every year. One of the things that I've done is, is I did this in Evernote. It, it may be something that I ultimately move over to Apple notes because Apple notes is easier to access for, for quick things is I created an Evernote list called gift ideas. And there are a few people that I have no problem shopping for. I, I can always manage to, to find them a gift that they want, but there are a couple of people who are just really, really hard to shop for. And I just have this list going all the time. It, it stays in Evernote. And anytime I hear something or I think of something or an inspiration pops in my head, whether it's in December or whether it's in June, I jot that down on the Evernote list. Um, my my sister-in-law actually stayed with me a couple of days during the hurricane and commented on something I had in my house. She's like, oh, that's really convenient. I wish we had one of those. And I was like, mm-hmm, thank you. And I immediately went into the other room, popped open my iPhone and wrote it down on the gift list because she's something she's someone who I have a hard time buying for. 
And um, that's that's one of the things she got for Christmas this year. And I find that that makes my gift giving a, a lot easier. And then what I'll do is um, a lot of times, especially if it's a, a more expensive item, is I'll go in and I'll put a camel, camel, camel alert in. I'm big into camel, camel, camel um, and track it. And then sometimes even because a lot of stores have an extended return policy after November 1. If any time after November 1, it hits a low, I'll go ahead and buy it. Um, like I knew what I was getting my dad this year. And it it dropped like it, its normal price was, you know, I don't know, let's say like 120 bucks. And then it dropped to $64. And I was like, done, going to get it. You know, it was get it at that price. So That's clever. Um, I, another way I use tech in that way is um, as I follow my wife around during the course of the year, if I see her looking at something in a store, like something I know she'd probably like, I'll just take a picture of it, you know, after she moves on and she's not around. And I just keep a gallery of those pictures. And then when, you know, anniversaries or Christmas or whatever's coming up, I'll take a look at those pictures and see if there's any ideas in there for me to get her as a gift. Um, Rose has an interesting use for Pinterest. Um, this is not your sister-in-law, Rose. This is our Rose. Rose from our Facebook group. Yeah. She says, I have my own wish list, which she says, which she just makes public to make life easier. But then several private lists, which are shared with various people. For example, I have a list for my boyfriend's family with sections for each person that she shares with her boyfriend. So you can use Pinterest for something like this. Yeah, I never thought of that. Are you a big Pinterest user? And not at all. No, I, it's one of those things where I will sometimes lurk for inspiration. Like when I was doing a um, a baby shower, I was looking for themes and things like that. But no. I signed up for it this year and I, they send me an email every once in a while and they, they do find the stuff that I'm interested in. It's, uh, it's nice. So one of the other things that, that goes with the holidays, um, is also having a lot of family around. This is the time of year where we will either go to visit family or often family will come visit us. And it's not uncommon to have house guests for some period of time. So I thought we would spend um, some time devoted to the show to to dealing with either having guests or or being a guest and all the things that are involved with that. Okay, um, I, I think that uh, the first thing is I if I was going to be a guest at your house, I would have to bring my own antenna, right? No, no, you don't have to bring your own antenna. I've I've got my entire house is wired, but I'm glad you brought that up. But my entire house is wired, and you can get the um, 14 channels that I have in any room of the house. It's fine. It, it all works. Um, but what I have done is um, I, I use an Apple TV. I like Apple TVs. I, and I, so I have an Apple TV on the two TVs that I use. You know, I'm only one person in a house, but I do have a lot of TVs in this house. I just collect them. Any Anytime I upgrade my TV, the, the old TVs, I have really good luck. My TVs don't die. Yeah, they just get moved around. <laughs> they just get moved around. So I have I have um, a, a TV upstairs and I have TVs in, in two different guest bedrooms um, that have just gotten moved around. So I have an Apple TV in um in in my living room and an Apple TV in my bedroom because those are the those are the rooms that I watch TV. But I don't watch TV in these other rooms. So although I have paid for them to get wired, I do recognize that guests who stay with me may want more than 14 channels, three of which are PBS, one of, you know, the other two of which are like old timey movie channels because, you know, it's, it's antenna. So um, I mentioned this, I think on our holiday gift guide, but um, during Prime Day or Black Friday, I've gone around and I've bought um, for those supplementary TVs, I've bought Amazon TV or Amazon Fire TV sticks. 
I've gotten them for as low as 20 bucks. I think on average, I'm picking them up for about 25 bucks. And it's a real, because keep in mind, these are a little bit older TVs, so they don't have smart features built in. But it's a really inexpensive way to add um, Plex, to add Amazon Prime, to add Netflix, to add YouTube, depending on whether or not Google and Amazon are fighting that day, um, to your your guest room TVs. And I've my my guests primarily watch that rather than you know the channels that I that I have on cable. Yeah, but what's really important is when your family comes over is that they can get access to the beloved internet. How do you deal with that? Well, most routers now, most modern routers will allow you to create a guest network. And that is my preference. I, I like to keep all of my things separate from from other people. So I, I have a primary network uh, that I keep all of my stuff on. And then I have a guest network that has a more generic name uh, that, that my guests use. And so I try to keep all of my guest stuff separate from mine and uh, they can go on the guest network. I, I do have a password though on my guest network. I know some people keep their guest network open, but I'm I'm still not comfortable doing that. I, I just don't want anybody to be able to hop on my network. Agreed, agreed. And we, we have a sign that we put up and we have a party that just a little sign with the name of the, the guest network and the guest password. And we just put it up on the mantle and everybody can put in the password and be happy. That's a good idea. Do you, I mean, is it just like a, a small frame with the information in it? Or? Yeah, it is. It, it's it's actually like a little, it's something between, I don't even know what this technology is, Katie. It's, it's It looks like a chalkboard, but you draw on it like a whiteboard with like these neon pens. Something Daisy picked up somewhere, but it looks really nice. And one of the kids made it look really nice for one of their parties with the name of the network and the password on it. And we just haven't erased it in years. We just keep, you know, we keep it in a drawer and when we have people over we put the sign back up and and it is a very simple password but it's not not entirely guessable either and uh so when people come over they can get use of the internet yeah that's what i would say is is keep the password to your guest network something that's fairly easy to input that you don't mind giving out to people so it should not be a password that is um is any way related to your other passwords um but something that is hard for strangers to guess yeah, there's there's kind of a joke in my family. One of my brother-in-laws made a password that is so insane, and he's had the same one for years, that for Christmas one year, somebody gave him a picture frame with his super long password in it so he could put it on his wall when we visited. <laughs> well, that's not necessary anymore because with iOS 11, you can share that. Um, kind of like you do. I, I have a, I, and I just got a label maker. I, I took the put my uh, network name and password and put them on a, made a little label out of it and then just put that label on the TV in my guest room. Cause I figure people will see it there, but, but yes, you're right. iOS 11 allows you to share your Wi-Fi passwords now. So that's, that's something that you can be aware of. Sounds like you're setting yourself up for an Airbnb business, Katie. It does, doesn't it? But no, no, I'm not, not doing that. Okay. Uh, do you do anything for internet security? I mean, when you have everybody over your house, I mean, you, you still don't want them doing something silly on the internet while they're on your on your pipe. Um, I have been a big fan of using Open DNS for years, and so uh, unlike you, I don't. Um, I mean, if someone's just over for a brief time, I, I typically don't get them on my network unless they ask to be. But um, so I probably don't post my network, give people my network access unless they're they're staying over or something. Um, but I, I use open DNS that will, will, I've got configured to, to filter a lot of the bad things. And, um, that, that's been working for me for years. I know that if you have an Eero, 
you can subscribe to their Eero Plus program, which I've looked at because they've made the pot sweeter. And now it in includes like an encrypt.me subscription, a one password subscription, and a malwarebytes subscription, and some other stuff. So that's that's something I'm going to look at. You know, I, so uh, I can weigh in on that because I am now an Eero Plus subscriber. And uh, the, uh, the, the thing that got me on it was I am, I mean, uh, while I, I think OpenDNS is great, I wanted just a little bit more control. And with Eero Plus, you can set uh, permissions and uh, accessibility based on per, uh, specific devices or devices related to a specific person. So I like I like the controls. And then the fact is, we do give our, our guest network access to a lot of people. I mean, I have teenagers in my house. So the, when they have a teenage party, they have to have internet access. I mean, they Instagram pictures of themselves. I mean, it's just, they just have to have it anymore. So I've got all these teenage boys and girls coming over with access to my guest network. I just really wanted to have something better. And uh, so I signed up for Eero Plus when they first announced it. And it just keeps getting better. Like you said, like I was already a Encrypt.me subscriber. I've got that saved in OmniFocus now. I've got to figure out how to access it through my Eero Plus subscription. And then I can cancel my Encrypt.me subscription so I can just use it through there. And I'm getting two services for the price of one. And they also have a deal with one password. I haven't figured out the entire specifics on that yet either. But as I understand, I'm going to get, you could get some access to one password the same way. So it's something to look at in because when you're giving people access to your network, you just don't want them, you know, using all your bandwidth and downloading a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, stuff can happen. Yeah. And of course, with the Eero thing, it's assuming you're using Eros to begin with. And that's a very small percentage of the people that have wireless networks. But uh, having some kind of a service to help you manage that is a good idea, especially if you have a lot of people over your house. You know, when my kids grow up and move away, I'm not sure I'll need all this stuff, but for now, I'm happy to have it. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you in part by Squarespace. Enter offer code MPU at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. So you've probably heard Squarespace ads on this show for years, but for whatever reason, you didn't quite pull the trigger. Well, let me tell you, now is the time to consider it. You're busy. It's the holiday season. And Squarespace lets you stop worrying about your website. They let you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. Squarespace just has you covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support, so if you need any help, they're there for you. And they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed to let you show off your great ideas. I'll tell you, this time of year especially, I always fondly remember Squarespace because it was several years ago, I was actually putting up my Christmas tree when I got a tweet from someone telling me that my website was down. Now, I didn't use Squarespace. I was using another provider. Turns out it was some kind of back-end error. I had to download some logs. I had to figure out something. I had to clean up a database. It was a nightmare. I had to stop what I was doing with my family. I had to go fix my website. It was a huge headache. Who knows how long it had been down? And that very next week, I decided I'd had enough 
and I was switching over to Squarespace. And ever since then, I've never had to worry about it. Squarespace, <laughs> Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a free trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code MPU to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Mac Power users. So thank you, Squarespace, for your support and making my holidays one that I spend with my family rather than doing tech support. So Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Okay, just the opposite of what we were talking about before the break, Katie, is, um, is Sean Roden. He says, I want a way to have a localized EMP. What's that? Electronic something pulse? Electromagnetic pulse, I think. There we go. Uh, to keep everyone from using their tech while at holiday family activities. Ugh. I get that. You know, you're sitting around with your family and everybody's looking at their devices. Uh, that's no fun. Uh, we, we use the, the method we use, Sean, in our family is shame. We shame each other. Uh, hey, you know. Put your phone away. Um, but uh, but that's not as good. Uh, there are some ways uh, digitally, though, you could shut people down. We were just talking before the break about Eero Plus. Uh, with an Eero network, you can disable network access for people. You don't even need to have the Plus to do that. That you, that you can just do. You can shut down the network altogether. You can just hit a button and be like, and I'm turning the Wi-Fi off now. Yeah, and you could you could lie. You could just say, oh, man, I don't know what's going on. My internet's not working. <laughs> you know, There you go. You're good. Uh, I'd like to think that with my family, we're pretty good at using the tech to enhance the conversation. Quite often, iPads will come out and we'll look at pictures together. Um, quite often, iPhones will come out if we're playing a, a heated game of fibbage. But uh, uh, we do, for whatever reason, I don't see a lot of people, you know, doing their social media or Twitter or something while they're sitting around Thanksgiving. Uh, but if that is a problem, you could take extreme measures and just, you know, unplug your internet. The other thing that has kind of become an issue is um, access to your home, because we've talked a lot about having guests, but sometimes you're not always home or sometimes you still have to work and your guests are home. And how do they how do they come and go? I mean, obviously, if this is a, a close family member, you probably don't have trouble, you know, giving them a key or giving them a garage door opener. But but sometimes you're not always home to to greet them. And I'll tell you, this is a this is not a huge technology problem to solve, but it's one that I really wanted to solve with technology. Um, previously, what I did is, uh, so let me tell you the low tech ways that you can do it first, because you don't have to go all out like I did. Um, you know, low tech ways is, you know, you can go on Amazon or wherever and buy an analog lockbox for, you know, 20 bucks or less. And, you know, just put a key in a lockbox. And because I'm not a big fan of leaving a key under under the garage, you know, under the mat or something like that, because that's that's just asking for trouble. Every everybody knows about that. But you can you can set a code on a lockbox and you know tell the code to your family member or text it text the code to your family member, and then they can then get a key and and get in the house and then they've got the key. So that is that's how I've done it in the past. That is an inexpensive low tech way to access the house. But that's not necessarily a great solution if it's not family member that you're leaving a key for. You know, if it's somebody that. Um, you don't necessarily want to have a key because obviously the thing with the key is somebody can go make a copy or or they can do whatever. Um, other ways that I've done it in the past is I've got one of those uh, control pads on my garage door where I can I can log a temporary code on my garage door that can give somebody access um, until I put in my master code or until the code's been used a couple of times. So if if somebody needs to get access to the house and I'm not there, I can give them a temporary code and they can let themselves in. But after the code's been used so many times or after I come home, the code's no good. 
And, you know, most people now have the garage door keypads, or that's a nice thing just to have that you can install for 35 bucks or less. So those are, those are less expensive low-tech ways to do it. But this is Mac Power users. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, let's hear the punchline, Katie. Come on. Get- <laughs> I, I went out, and, and I should say that it was on sale. I've been watching it. I had a camel, camel, camel price alert. Um, I got one of those quick set premise home kit locks. Yeah, the new ones. Right before Christmas. Yeah. I, I had been watching it. They had gone down in price a little bit. They they originally like two fifty, and now you can get them for a pretty solid, uh, you know, two twenty five. But I I had a deal alert waiting for them. I actually picked mine up for, I think it was one thirty five. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, it it was one of these Amazon warehouse deals, and I took a chance on it because it was says oh it it has a cos- multiple cosmetic imperfections blah blah blah. I got this thing and put it on my door. It looks perfect. I I cannot tell where the cosmetic imperfection is, but you may not always look that out. So how's it working? What it allows you to do, um, it, it, it is a regular lock. I already had quick set locks on my house. So that's why I picked this particular one, um, both because it was a quick set and because it was HomeKit compatible. So you can rekey it using their smart key technology to your existing lock, which is, it works just like a regular lock. So if the batteries go out or die, I can already always use my key. But it has a digital keypad, and so you can program a code into it, and then you can also program temporary codes into it. So if I want to give somebody access, I can say, okay, well, um, here's your code, and I can say this code is is time-limited, it's day-limited, it's it's limited for a specific person. I can revoke a code if someone says, oh, we changed our plans, we're not coming. Um, or if somebody just calls me and says, hey, we're at your front door, can you let us in? I can let them in remotely using either the app or using HomeKit. And anything you can do with HomeKit, like set up rules or do things like that, it will it will alert me when a code is inputted. It will alert me when the door is locked or unlocked. And I don't go in my front door often. I always go in through the garage. So I don't, I'm not getting a ton of alerts, but it will tell me I'll get a little notification and I'll also get them on my watch when someone goes in the house or unlocks or locks it. And so I'll know when someone's arrived or when someone's left. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm going to do when we go on our big family vacation this year is I'll have the um, those Eve switches on the doors will be live and HomeKit will send me a notification whenever a door opens. We've got some friends that will be coming over to take care of the house and that's fine. But like if the door opens when I don't expect it to open, I want to know and I can at least check the cameras. And and I've got cameras too. So that's what I can do is if the door opens, I can check the camera and make sure it's who I want it to be and make sure that they're you know doing what they're supposed to do. So, so you uh, you haven't reported in since you added this lock. How is it reliable wise? Is it is it working? Does it ever not work when you expect it to? Um, I haven't had any issues with it. I will tell you this is this has been something that I've had installed for less than a week. Uh, it's a fairly new development in my home because I, I just picked it up, uh, but so far it's been reliable. It was a fairly easy install. But I'll tell you that I have a lot of experience lately um, installing locks and installing um, doorknobs and those types of things. So uh, I've I've been doing a lot of this lately. But it was a pretty simple install. Um, You you do have to make sure that, um, you know, that your holes are drilled correctly and that everything is lined up properly. And I think because I took out an existing quick set lock and put in an ex- a new quick set lock that for me, it was a, it was an easy, it, they just matched. I didn't, I didn't have anything to rejigger or anything like that. 
So um, for me, it was fine. But it's just it's very important that everything is aligned and that everything catches because it, it, you know, with a with a physical lock, you have a little play. If your door is not quite locking, you know that you can push it or wiggle it or do those things and get it to lock. But especially if you're um, if you're doing this remotely, there's going to be nobody to wiggle the door to, to get it to lock or unlock. So you have to make sure that it's a very easy locking and unlocking process. The um, I, I I talked about this on our home automation show. I have the the Kivo um uh, one of the Kivo locks, which is a quick set um, Bluetooth based lock, and it has an app with a digital fingerprint on your phone. And if you if you touch the lock with your finger, then it activates the Bluetooth radio. And if it handshakes with your phone, then it unlocks itself, which is great when you're carrying groceries in. Uh, it's working okay with iOS 11. Occasionally it doesn't work. And if that happens, I force quit the app and reopen it and it, it immediately works. But it also has a quick set lock in it. So you can use a key. And um, it, that's the thing I don't like about it is it's just not reliable enough. I mean, it's great when it works, but too often I have to, you know, force quit the app and restart, which is no fun. I haven't had that issue yet. I think because it, it works with HomeKit, it's got an additional layer. Yeah, see, this one is before HomeKit, so it doesn't. It is a little nervous uh, having you know, a remote, a, the ability to remotely open your lock from the internet. That That is, makes me a little nervous. I don't know if I'm being alarmist, but. Well, and, and you know, Apple Apple just had that little HomeKit oops that happened. And, and I thought about that. I thought about that multiple times uh, before installing and before buying this lock. But um, I figured there's no better time to buy this after Apple just had this oops, because they're probably never going to be more careful. Yeah, they, exactly. Uh, we had a couple uh, holiday uh, technology ideas from some listeners on Twitter and Facebook didn't really fit anywhere, but I thought we should share them anywhere. Anyway, Michael wrote in about using Glimpse. Glimpse is that driving app that you can tell people where you're at on your trip. It's kind of like find friends, but much more isolated. And uh, he uses Glimpse uh, to let people know how close you are when they're uh, showing up on the holidays. And it avoids you, uh, it allows you to turn on do not disturb while driving, being safer on the roads, but also gives the people you're going to see access to your, your status. And uh, and Carl wrote in uh, with a really great idea. He says, a silicon case for his iPhone makes a stable coaster for his drink. So you show up at somebody's house, you got, you got your coaster in mm. your pocket. I don't know that I do that, but um, I think an iPhone case is a good idea. I will tell you right now I'm using my iPhone 10 caseless, but um, that that makes me nervous. It's funny you say that because I'm thinking about uh, picking a case up too. I, I mean, nothing has happened yet, but it just feels, I just love it out of the case so much. It's hard for me to imagine putting it in, but I also haven't written the idea off. Hey, Katie, we got a little bit of time. I, I have one question for you. What's your favorite Christmas gift you've ever received? I mean, we can be a little, we have a little fun, right? Uh, can I go back in time? I mean, does it have to be recent? Any, your whole life, your whole life. So the best Christmas ever, ever was the Christmas when I was four. It was the Christmas right before my brother showed up. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. So you're still, you're still a, a solo, you know, kid. I, I'm, I'm still an only child. Um, and Santa came. And he brought me not only a, um, uh, a, a car, you know, you know, like this Fred Flintstones car that, um, that you, you know, you, you get in and you, you power with your feet because you just, you know, but he also brought me like all the accessories for that car. 
including I think there was a gas station that went with the car. Um, and um, there was a little kitchen. It was the like the little types kitchen set that came with the car. So it was like a whole whole house thing. They wanted to keep you really busy when your brother arrived. They did. They did. <laughs> um, but um, I also got a Mac for Christmas one year. So that was that was probably a pretty cool Christmas gift. But but that doesn't that didn't compare to the best Christmas ever. Uh, you know, for me as a kid, of course, the the best Christmas when I was a little kid getting toys. As a little kid, it makes it's such a big deal to you. But I honestly have to say, looking back on my life, my favorite gift I ever received was I think I was fourteen or fifteen, and my parents bought me a Selmer Mark Seven alto saxophone, which is a really nice saxophone. It's it's literally sitting right next to me right now in its stand. I play it all the time still uh, after all these years, and um. It was like my parents said, okay, you, you seem like, you know, you're a nerdy kid, but this is something you like, so we want to get you a nice one. And uh, and I love that gift so much, I still do. Well, that was a much better pick than mine. I think if I had thought about it more, I could I could come up with something that made a much more impactful meeting in my life. But Yeah, I can think of some tech stuff and some, and some Star Wars stuff over the years that was pretty great. But man, uh, I... I I uh, I was so excited the morning when that that showed up. <laughs> anyway, uh, everybody, I hope you. Uh, we still have a few shows left between now and Christmas, but we thought we'd want to get the show out early. So if you want to incorporate any of this tech into your holiday planning, we wanted to get it in your hands as soon as possible. Uh, a lot of the stuff doesn't just apply to planning a holiday party, but also just any kind of party. So let us know if you've got some feedback. We'll get it in the feedback show, and you can make sure your Valentine's party is equally awesome. Um, thanks to our sponsors 1Password, Jamf Now Fresh Books and Squarespace Did I miss anything Katie? I think you got it Alright we'll see you next week Bye